when you were in school, I was in school, and our assignment in September was to write an essay. What you did on your summer vacation. Every nun that I had in eight years at St. Bridget's School, I had to write what I did on my summer vacation. And usually the theme of my essay was I stayed out of jail. Okay, <laughs> you know, it was a street life back then. Anyway, I had an interesting summer night last night that I want to tell you about, and that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points Memo. There is a theme to this, so stay with me. So I go to Yankee Stadium, Subway Series, big deal in New York, 50,000 fans, Mets, Yankees, and uh, I'm up in a suite because at this point in my career, I can't sit amongst 50,000 people. (laughs) Because one of them uh, may not like me, but I have to say, uh, in New York, whether I go to Madison Square Garden, Yankee Stadium, City Field, 99% of the people are very nice. I pose for pictures if they want me to, whatever. And that was the case yesterday. But I go up into the suite to watch the game, and who is one of my suite mates? Ready? Oh, you're going to love this. Ready? Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor. Okay, big Yankee fan, born in the Bronx, 1954. She's 68 years old. Uh, An amazing story of success in America. So she is there. And uh, uh, one of my urchins is a political science major. And he held his own with Justice Sotomayor in a very nice discussion. I kind of, you know, look, Sonia Sotomayor and Bill O'Reilly don't see eye to eye on anything. I think that's pretty, um, I think that's pretty clear. But it was respectful. It was respectful. Now, the woman, I told her, that I said, you know, maybe someday I'm going to write about your story. So she comes uh, from the projects in the Bronx. Don't get rougher than that. Parents born in Puerto Rico, father never spoke English. She didn't speak English for the first part of her life. Yet she went to Cardinal Spellman High School, which used to play uh, my high school, Chaminade, in sports. She graduated valedictorian. She went to Princeton, full-ride scholarship. Then she goes to Yale Law School. Okay, so the system worked for Sonia Sotomayor. However, she made it work. She applied herself, self-reliance. And she had a much rougher road than I did to get to be one of the most powerful women in the world, but she did it. Now, I tell you all this because there are two things that I had met her before at the Kennedy Center's Honors in Washington, D.C., a big liberal exposition. You see it on CBS every December. I uh, gave the award to Herbie Hancock, shocking President Obama and everybody else in the audience. But Herbie asked for me. I love Herbie. Not only do I love his music, but he is such a great guy. So I gave Herbie his award, his Kennedy Center award, and Sonia Sotomayor was backstage, all right? And I met her there. And again, very respectful. It, it, you don't have to agree 
in this country. But I was happy last night to have my son speak with her, you know, and, and she was interested. He's a political science major. I think someday he may be president. <laughs> he might. He's smarter than I am. He's better looking than I am. Um, and I'm very proud of him. Anyway, um, the reason I'm bringing this to your attention is that Sonia Sotomayor is not the problem in America, even though uh, she doesn't see the Constitution the way I see it. She sees it as an evolving document that should help people now and that uh, the situation in the United States now is not what it was in 1776. So her duty is to basically vote left and liberal on everything, which she does. And that's her sincerely felt belief. It's interesting because Clarence Thomas had probably a, a rougher time of it than uh, Justice Sotomayor, and he went exactly the other way. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? With more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. I have their trees and plants at my home, and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And my audience can get an extra 15% off by using promo code BILL at checkout. So please go to fastgrowingtrees.com. Use promo code BILL at checkout. He believes that the Constitution should be upheld the way it was written by the Founding Fathers. Fascinating. And it's battling around in my mind that I might get those two into some kind of history situation. Anyway, I wanted to tell you about it. It was an extraordinary summer evening. I know Sister Mary Lorana, if uh, giving my essay today, I, that's what I would write about. And I, I might even get a good raid, which I never did. Okay, joining us now from Northern Virginia is the legendary Newt Gingrich, Speaker of the House from 1995 to 98. Got a new book out, and you uh, would be wise to check this book out. It plays right into what I was talking about, Defeating Big Government Socialism, Saving America's Future. book's doing very well. You can get it everywhere, Amazon and all bookstores. And it's a pleasure to have you back. Newt Gingrich, so in my monologue, did anything stick out? You want to scold me? Did I do anything uh, precarious? Well, first of all, I, I love your pride in, in your son and your commitment to his presidential race. Uh, and I thought, and I'll remember that the rest of my life. I thought it was just great. And I think it was great that, uh, you know, the, the three of you, Sotomayor, Sotomayor uh, could have that kind of a moment. I mean, we need a lot more of America talking with itself rather than yelling at each other. And I, I thought it was a great story. I liked, I liked your opening. Thank you. Um, I agree with you on Ukraine. Uh, if the Russians continue to get a bloody nose and can't win, that sends a pretty powerful signal to China that they are faced with uh, uh, Taiwan could be comparable in getting them bogged down. If we collapse and have lack the nerve, then I think 
that could send a signal to China, to China that it's okay to invade uh, Taiwan. Uh, the other thing I would say is that the, the grave danger of uh, Biden signing a deal with the Iranians, <clears throat> I think, again, is in that same zone of uh, things that could be really bad. Uh, you pointed out that the uh, that, that Biden is signing this giveaway, uh, which which I th I think it's a, it's a fascinating case study. I mean, you know, there are an amazing number of Americans who didn't go to a four year college, don't owe student debt. They're out there. Uh, they're a farmer trying to pay off their tractor. They're a, a plumber trying to pay off their 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 truck. They're a waitress going to work every day trying to earn money for their family. They're now going to pay taxes to pay off the debt for somebody who's going to have a much higher income than they do. Uh, this is an inflationary step. Uh, it is a step which adds to our total national deficit. Uh, it's, it's, it's not a giveaway. We're simply transferring the burden from the people who got the advantage by going to school to everybody in the whole country as taxpayers. Uh, but it fits where the Democrats are right now. They, they are the party of big government socialism. They are committed to making all of us dependent on government. And if they had their way, government would run everything in our lives. Uh, and I think that we need to recognize how, how sincere they are, how real this is. These people are not doing things because they're incompetent. They're doing things because they really believe in them. Well, I don't know how much Joe Biden knows of what he's doing or the big picture. You obviously uh, worked with a number of presidents. You know them personally. And, you know, you and Bill Clinton had a fairly uh, respectful relationship. And that was one of the models that I used. I had a respectful relationship with Barack Obama. I have with uh, most, not Nancy Pelosi. I think she's a destructive force in this country. And I, I could never reach detente with her. But with most on the left, I, we have a respectful discourse. However, I think Biden is diminished, and I don't think he really understands uh, the unintended consequences of what he does. He couldn't possibly have an open border, yet uh, he's being used and manipulated by the progressive left. Do you agree with that? Yeah, look, I think Biden basically is an old-time ward politician who, at a very young age, won a Senate seat in a small state, managed to keep getting reelected. Uh, I, I used to work with Biden. I don't think he's all that smart, uh, but, you know, he's persistent. He's been out there a long time. I doubt very much if he knows much of what's going on or much of, of the ramifications of what's going on. He has surrounded himself with very left-wing and radical people. Uh, <clears throat> I think they basically run the place. Uh, I don't think anybody seriously believes Joe Biden runs the place. And I think that uh, when you watch him in public, you realize this, this is a very limited person, uh, and he's doing the things almost overwhelmingly that the left wants. Uh, now, you so, and Biden uh, are just about the same age. I want to point that out because, I mean, you know, you're, you're pretty much on it, and he can't get three sentences out. Um, before we get into the media <laughs> and their alliance, which you talked about on cable, I saw you, I think it was last week. Before we get to that, Jill Biden is like Nancy Reagan in the sense that she's a gatekeeper. Jill Biden, a radical leftist, in your opinion? I, I have no way of knowing, to be honest. Um, I, I'm assuming that they probably, they probably died deep down. They've, they've, they've drunk the Kool-Aid. They've accepted they have a worldview now. They're surrounded by people who are radicals, and they have a worldview where it all makes sense to them. I mean, I can't understand otherwise why it's as bad. I, I don't think they're bad because of incompetence. 
I think they're bad because they really believe this stuff. But and they're really, you know, you? I don't think two million people came in in the country illegally because of incompetence. They how, want open borders. But how could you believe it? So you are converted. Uh, you converted to Catholicism, right? Yeah. So Joe Biden makes a big deal about his Catholicism. And then he goes out and he's the most radical president as far as accessibility to abortion and public funding of that of any president in the history of the United States by far. OK, so that doesn't make any sense at all. And he's got to know that his advocacy for abortion costs the lives of millions of unborn children. He's got to know that. Second thing is violent crime. He used to be, when you were speaker, the toughest SOB in the Democratic Party. Put him away, lock him up, put him away. Now he doesn't want to put anybody away. He loves these radical left DAs. How can you, you know, how can a human being change that much? I know modification, I, I, all right, but abandoning all your principles, how does that happen? Well, you know, when, when uh, Henry of Navarre decided to end the French war of religion. He converted to being Catholic. And his line was that Paris was worth a mass. I think Biden decided that being a radical was the price of being president, so he'd be a radical. And I think from that point on, he has been faithful to the left, done to surround himself with left wing. I mean, look at some of the people they appoint in this administration. I mean, they're, they're people you couldn't have dreamed of 10 years ago ending up in public life. Uh, look at the values of some of these people. And, and, but that's where the Democratic Party is now. I mean, you go around the country, you know, how do they get so many votes in the House and Senate? Because they're a machine. And if you're not going to be part of the machine, as, as a moderate Democrat congressman found out in Oregon, you're going to get beat in the primary. Yeah, you're not going to get uh, any money. I think, you know, Right. So you, you got to go along with it or you're earning out. Now, part of the machine, a big part of it, is the corporate media. And the corporate media has now forged an alliance because, look, if you were just going by inflation, economy, open border, uh, rise of violent crime, uh, collapse of the U.S. airline industry. I mean, across the board, things are worse now than they were when Trump was the president. There's no... You can't argue it. It's insane. However, according to Real Clear and the generic vote, half of the country says, you know, I'd still rather vote for this unbelievable incompetence and dangerous policy than vote for Republicans. Doesn't make any sense. Well, I look, we may, I'll be curious to see your reaction to this, but I've, I've talked to a number of my friends who are pretty sophisticated pollsters. Almost all the polls the Real Clear politics is getting are junk. They oversample Democrats. They oversample people who aren't going to vote. Uh, they're consistently wrong. We, I, I wrote a newsletter recently at Gingrich 360 where I outlined that every the August of every election year, we go through the same cycle. Uh, they print phony polls. They try to depress us. Uh, people, for example, at Trafalgar, which is very accurate, or Scott Rasmussen. Uh, Rasmussen has us plus five on the generic. Uh, I think Trafalgar basically agrees with that. Uh, in, insider Advantage, uh, Matt Towery basically agrees with that. So what, what part, part of what you're getting here is just pure propaganda. 70% uh, of the country is unhappy with Biden economically. Uh, over 73 out of four Americans believe we're on the wrong track. When you look at the undecided voters, they're overwhelmingly anti-Biden. Uh, they haven't yet decided they're going to vote Republican, but they're overwhelmingly anti-Biden. 
and you look at their internal views, uh, they're almost certainly going to break through, probably three to one for Republicans. All so, right. So as it stands uh, I now, actually think in, we're in shape. I agree with your analysis. We here at BillOReilly.com follow Trafalgar and Rasmussen because they're the most accurate. Which they have been. They right. have a track record. The others are ridiculous. So if you, well, here you are. Right now, August 24th, uh, you say Republicans win the House by a lot? Yeah. There's an outside possibility that Kevin McCarthy will become Speaker with the largest Republican majority since 1920, uh, partly because they're so much stronger. I mean, remember, there are only four seats out of control right now. Uh, when, when we had to put together a majority in 1994, we had, we had to pick up about 30 or 35 seats just to get to the majority. He's got to pick up four. So I, th I think they will get probably minimum 25, maximum 70. Uh, and you, and wow. you won't know until late October because these kind of landslides, I mean, I worked with Reagan and his people on the 1980 campaign, which turned into a landslide. I worked, as you know, in the 1994 contract with America campaign, which turned into a landslide. You don't, on these kind of landslides, you don't really quite know district by district. Although I have to say, Joe Gaylord, who was my partner, in 19, on September 17th, 1994, was off by one seat. He took us through the whole country, district by district. He missed one seat. He, we, did, we didn't count on beating Rostenkowski, uh, the right. chairman so of Ways and Means in downtown Chicago. Maybe a historic landslide in the House. Now, the Senate, more problematic. How do you see that? Plus four or plus seven. That I, I just spent an hour and a half yesterday at the Senatorial Committee going through every single seat in the country. Uh, and I think we're very competitive everywhere. And again, it's the same phenomena. When you look at uh, Trafalgar's numbers for Ohio, for example, J.D. Vance is comfortably ahead. When you look at the numbers in Pennsylvania, it's a very close race. You look at the numbers in Georgia, it's a very close race. Now, when you get the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's public poll uh, designed to depress Republicans, uh, then, then Herschel Walker has a bigger problem. But I, I remember uh, in 1990, the liberal Detroit newspaper on the Saturday before the election had John Engler losing by 19 points against the incumbent governor. And on Tuesday, he won. Now, he didn't make up 19 points over, over the weekend. The, the poll was just a lie. It was false. And we see this all the time. If you're a conservative, you have to assume that most of the news media is propaganda, and you can't allow it to, to demoralize you. Yeah, it's and, the and independence frankly, that they're after. Uh, that's why they're doing this Trump, uh, you know, sure scandal of the day and, and all that. Final question. Uh, your book, I, as I said in the beginning, Defeating Big Government Socialism, it's an important book for people who want the best for their country to read on both sides, I think. Um, what is the main takeaway that you want the reader to learn from the book? Well, I, I hope they will learn that the things that are causing us pain, whether it's high gasoline prices, high food prices, uh, rising murder rates, you name it, are not incompetence. They are a value system of big government uh, socialism uh, and that we can't just beat individuals. We have to defeat the ideas. And it's really based in part on, on Margaret Thatcher, who set out in 1975 uh, when she became the conservative leader. <clears throat> she set out to destroy socialism. And by the time she was done, no openly left-wing leader has been prime minister of Great Britain in 40 years. 
I think we have to do the same thing. We have to get across the idea. It's not just these people aren't incompetent. They believe in a system that doesn't work, that's going to bankrupt the country, that's going to leave us with children who are uneducated, a defense system that can't protect us, and criminals dominating our streets. And it's because they really believe in this stuff. I know. It's, uh, hard, not, but it's hard to fathom, but I, I know you're right. Anyway, that was a good interview. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if people want to reach your enterprises, uh, give us the uh, web numbers and all that. Sure. Then go to Ging they go to Gingrich360.com. Well, I have to say, Bill, I always enjoy being with you. Um, you always shoot straight from the hip. You are not in any way particularly biased or intimidated. Uh, and I never quite know how you're going to start the evening. I'd, if you had said to me, oh, we're going to talk about being in, the, in a suite talking to a Supreme Court justice while watching a baseball game, I don't think I would have bet on that. <laughs> I usually don't know until about 10 minutes before airtime. Anyway, it's good to see you. You're looking good. Great to be And I want to remind Thanks. everybody that Biden and Gingrich are pretty much the same age. All right. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, good luck with it. And uh, I hope we can talk again soon, Mr. Speaker. Thank good. you very much. Okay, let's bring in Eric Bowling. Now, you know Bowling. He's on Newsmax, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. It's a signature show. He's just up for me on a factor. He's coming to us from Boca Raton, Florida, where he lives large. Spends a lot of the day going out and telling people, I'm Eric Bowling, and uh, what can I do for you? Um, so, my actually, analysis. Actually, I go, you know, I used to fill in for O'Reilly like 200 times. And they're going, and oh, that's Eric Bowling, gotcha. And people still mention that to you, Bowling. I know they do, uh, because I do all the time. Um, so, my analysis, CNN, fallacious, accurate. What say you? I think, uh, well, uh, CNN, they, Don Lamont, as you point out, Don, I think he's on the hot seat. I think what, what Malone did when, when Discovery merged with Time Warner, Malone, the big boss, came out and said, I don't like what they're doing over there. It's kind of BS. They're trying to out-left the leftists. CNN was always, back in the day, Bill, when you were first to beat CNN, you were first to take CNN down in five years when no one thought Fox News was going to be able to do it. CNN was news for both sides. It was a fair and balanced, or truly a fair and balanced. Fox was never fair and balanced, let's be honest. But CNN was a fair and balanced network, and then they started to drift left and further left, and then MSNBC came, and then the, the, the broadcast networks. So they were all competing for the same pie. What happened was when Malone came in, he obviously they, they bounced Zucker. Zucker's guy was Brian Stelter, as you point out. Stelter was the mouthpiece for Zucker, so it was only a matter of time before he got gone. Uh, Cuomo, Fredo, Fredo. Fredo was gone. Cuomo was gone. Then, then the guy, Jeffrey Tubin, who likes to expose himself in front of others, he was gone. So Stelter is like the third or fourth uh, that are gone. I would say... I think they're going to try and get back to their roots. I don't personally think there's a market for the roots. I think America is so but divided. But they, they can't, I think unless they, they wipe that everybody. Eric, unless they yeah. wipe that everybody, they can't get back to their roots because that's why I use the Bernstein soundbite. I mean, you can't be that wrong. You can't. And look. It doesn't matter. A guy like, no a guy like the road bill. There's no market to be that, news for both sides. That's you, know another, not, you know who's not doing it? News Nation. They okay. tried to be that's another that's miserably. another discussion. It's another discussion whether so-called straight news uh, can attract an audience when they've already been ginned up by opinionated news. But a couple of things you, you mentioned Jeff Zucker. I didn't. So people who don't follow this, Jeff Zucker is the previous president of CNN who brought them into a hate Trump area 
and pretty much destroyed the network. And Stelter, as Bowling accurately points out, was his hatchet man. So Zucker was fired. Now uh, Stelter is fired. They don't have anyone to put in. A guy like Jake Tapper, for example, they give him two hours. People hate him. He's number three in a time slot, always has been. He's unpleasant. They won't watch him. And now he's been bantered around as doing the morning show. Literally, Good Morning Pittsburgh gets more viewers than CNN's morning show on a national basis. It's, it's a catastrophe. But anyway, um, maybe they'll try, CNN will try what they had when I first went at them. Remember, Larry King was the face of CNN. I remember telling my staff, we're going to beat Larry because Larry doesn't have any juice. He doesn't really know what's happening. He reads questions off a piece of paper. He, he doesn't really, uh, he does, he's not bringing anything to the, to the uh, interview. And I will. I'll, I'll bring a sharp point of view and a, and a frame of reference that Larry has no clue. And it wasn't that hard to beat him. And we beat uh, the guy on MSNBC, uh, Chris Matthews, pretty quick. Um, he was just too bombastic and left wing. And you say that Fox News was never fair and balanced. My show was. Um, you were the, well, let's be honest. You, you know, you called, Bill is, you and I talk a lot. And you're, I think you're as straight shooters as, as straight shooters can be. You were as fair and balanced as anyone was at Fox. I don't, yeah. I'm not saying we, anything we, anyone we doesn't played, realize. I think you were the most fair and balanced of the network. My mandate yeah. was, my mandate was, and still to this day, is find the most intelligent person who disagrees with me and put them on air. Yeah. Yeah. Or no, no question. My point yeah. is that you and I both know you can develop, a, a, you know, you can take the story, the same story that's being talked about on 16 straight hours and take it from a different direction. I think you were the most Yeah, we did that. But we that. put on Mark Lamont Hill. We put on all of these leftists. We wanted people to hear yeah, what they had why, to though? say. You know why? Because no one else at that network, maybe no one else in cable, and I'm not just blowing smoke up your very, very pretty dress. You could pull it off because people came to see Bill O'Reilly, and they well, maybe so. But we wanted, we had a they're philosophy. Not, they're not doing that for Tucker. They're not doing it. And no, Sean's it, they're they're preaching to a choir now, Fox, but it's a profitable choir. Now, so in CNN, I don't, I agree with you. I don't think that they're going to succeed, no matter what they do at this point in history. Let's go to Newsmax. So the only way Newsmax succeeds, the only way, Bowling, is to cut into the audience of Fox News. And you've been able to do that, you the network, not you Eric Bowling, but the network has been able to do that when it runs Trump rallies, Trump this, Trump that. So it takes, because Fox News doesn't do that anymore. Fox News management doesn't like Trump. That's the truth, they don't like him. I don't know why. I don't, I don't know. Well, when I was doing it, they were ambivalent about him. Um, nobody ever badmouthed Trump to me. Um, they didn't. You, it wasn't Bill, one way or the other. Right. You're going to tell me you think Rupert Murdoch was ambivalent about Donald Trump running for president. I he mean, called Donald Trump every day. So I don't know what they were chatting about, but I know he called him every day. Oh, so no that I can I'm report. Not, I'm not disputing the fact that there was contact. That it was it was. Mutually beneficial. I, I think Maybe. they both realized they I needed don't care. I never cared about what the corporation. I never. <laughs> this is startling. I never cared about any corporation that I worked for what it thought ever. And that's why, you know, I'm a little controversial. But let's get back to Newsmax. 
So how on earth at eight o'clock are you going to get viewers away from Tucker Carlson? So <laughs> tall order. Um, but yes, you're right there. This audience. And again, we, we have to find out who your audience is and you, you, you know, you're, you're a producer, you produce a product, you produce content. This, this audience loves Trump. So uh, Trump's been a friend of mine for a long time. I absolutely, um, told my audience how close we've been. I've been to his house. I've been with him since prior to him even talking about politics. And so I talk about it. I don't think this network is going to last being pro-Trump and that's it. I think what people are realizing, we're more than that, right? So you talk about numbers. CNN is on their way down. If you take, we do a lot of, my my right now I'm sitting at number one or maybe tied for number one on, on the network, but what we do on television are, ne are the ones you see on Nielsen ratings. We're doing at least that much in, in the handheld, in, in, the, in, the, in the mobile stuff, right? Fox can't do that. CNN can't do that. Hannity can't put up Sean Hannity on their mobile app. That's the same show as Hannity on their TV. They have obviously have agreements with distribution. No one in their right mind is going to pay them whatever it is, $12 or $20 per sub to put Hannity on and compete with Fox on their, on their, on their digital so we don't have that situation. So we're approaching CNN numbers now. I think as, as the, and by the way, Bill, I, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit here. The, the information that we get, the marketing stuff that we get, we have a very large independent audience. It's, it's way more, uh, it's, it, it's, it's a bigger percentage of our audience, the independents than, than Fox by far. By far, and we can, you know, we can show you that if you want. But so I think that as time goes, it'll be the same thing. Roger Ailes knew, put people up, put personalities up. He, they came for the network, but they stayed because they liked Bill O'Reilly or they liked Sean Hannity or they liked whomever, Loring, whoever it is. They stayed for that. And I think slowly Newsmax is kind of catching that drift. Okay, but what about covering stories? So say Donald Trump did something felonious. Uh, by removing documents, all right? This is conjecture, speculation, possible. Um, we haven't seen anything that indicates that, but say that's how this all shakes down. How can Newsmax really cover that if, as you just said, most of your audience loves Trump? Uh, I, my audience is a Trump-loving audience. I'm, I'm, Bill, I, I videotape myself getting... Uh, the the the, uh, the the vaccine twice. I videotaped it, showed my audience. I'm a libertarian. I tell my audience. All right. So you would do it straight. Disagree with this. I tell them. I tell them, sleep with who you want, marry who you want. Just don't let the kids. Don't don't bring your policy, your weirdness into your children. You make your you're an adult. Do it. But kids, once you start playing with kids, I draw the line. My point is okay. this: we will. I'll report whatever happens, however it happens. Of course, I will. Okay, but. There's going to be pressure somewhere down the line um, for Newsmax to not be a cheerleader for Trump, right? I'm not a cheerleader. I, I think no, but I'm talking about the overall are, network, think, the tone I, I of think, the network. I think both networks have certain cheerleaders for Trump, and I and and yes, yes, they, there are. There are. Okay. And sometimes, if uh, you know, on Fox, they change their mind, like Laura Ingram all of a sudden says, you know, it is, and to be Trump. fair in this discussion, when you have a network on the air for 25 years, all right, up against a startup Newsmax, what, what, five years now, six years? I mean, come on. 
Um, so, and, so here's, and here's my all issue. Those resources. Let's, let's, you want to make so some it, news here? Sorry. Here's yeah. my issue. Um, the raid. The raid was a big, a big event because I personally, I, I carry a, a constitution wherever I go. I think they vi violated Trump's Fourth Amendment right. Okay, so whatever. The raid's big. There's a guest. I don't want to name names. It's a Trump attorney. And I wanted her to come on the show. We're friends. I've known her for a long time. And she tells me, and I'm not naming names, and I won't say who said it. And it's, this happened. The producers at Fox said, you can't go on Bowling's show because you're going to be on our show every single night this week. One of the different shows, our network, every single night this week. And I was like, this is, they must be nervous, Bill. They've well, got to be reason, you're sure. If they tell someone, don't come on Newsmax, because then they, they know we're competitions. They hear us coming. They hear the footsteps. Well, I'm not surprised bowling. It happens in every network. Problem. Well, I don't think it happens in Newsmax, but it happens in every established network. Uh, I could tell you stories all day long about me, your humble correspondent, um, mm -hmm. and, and how they, uh, you know, what the orders are. Final question for you. I think the uh, media is uh, irredeemable now in America. I think it's done. Uh, I think it's betrayed the American people. My message of the day on BillOReilly.com states that very clearly. Um, when you have a situation like Mar-a-Lago, the most uh, high-profile FBI raid in the world, and 90% of the reporting on it is speculation, mm -hmm. you know it's over. It is over. And uh, I wanted to know if you think the same thing. I do. I, I, my monologue tonight on, on the show is all about how the liberal liberal world in, in America is running the show in the House and the Senate and the White House. Uh, and and the, the media is so liberal, they've embraced it. It's almost become a, a perfect uh, circuit, a, a power circuit. And it's kind of tapping into what they did with the $739 billion uh, you called it uh, Inflation Reduction Act, which it's not. It's a payoff to the green energy group. It's a circuit. And so the players who are the, the energy, the solar energy companies, they're pulling the money, taxpayer money out. The, the media is complicit in keeping the, the, the power moving. And the politicians are turning over the money to the, the companies in return for votes. It's a perfect circle. The media is part of the problem. Here's my thing, though. I, I, I think the media has become so far bifurcated that there is no middle ground anymore. This is, has become when it was information became infotainment, and now it really is entertainment. And you pick your choice of entertainment. You like liberal entertainment, you want conservative entertainment. When a guy like Alex Jones, who's a personal friend of mine, can be making five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars a day selling supplements on his show that clearly is not news, it's entertainment, then we know what the American appetite for is. And it's not for news and it's not for media, it's for to be entertained. All right, Eric, thanks very much. We appreciate it. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its free fall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door 
or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Smart life, all right? This is our campaign to help you in your life. So cable costs a lot of money. It, it costs me about 200 bucks a month, okay? Now, I, I, a lot of my, uh, a lot of my uh, activities are tied into fiber optics and, and all of that because we do uh, broadcast from studios. We don't go into New York City. We're not run by a corporation other than my corporation. So that's my excuse. But cable, way too high, way too high. So now there's a new uh, study out in July. This is according to Nielsen, and they calibrate all what Americans watch and where they watch it. For the first time ever, streaming services have overtaken cable. Um, the time people in America spend streaming rose 23% from a year earlier. The time they were watching cable declined 9 Okay. 35% of U.S. TV viewing is now streaming. 34% cable, first time. It's flipping. Cable is dead, except for sports. Cable news is in dire trouble, okay? Particularly because the younger audience is gone. It's all over 65. I think the average age now for the cable news operations, all three of them, close to 80 that's how, you know, because the older people, they don't do the streaming. They don't know what that is. And I'm not, I'm not being condescending. It's just true. Um, so anyway, the streaming is, is taking over. Now, I'm, I'm not a guy that does that. I, you know, the urchins will come in and go, hey, Dad, you know, watch this and pop it up and I'll look at it. But I'm not cruising around those things very much. I did watch Peaky Blinders. I thought the uh, cast out was fabulous, but it got crazy at the end. Uh, and I went, why am I watching this? <laughs> but I watched that. And uh, I watched that comedy show, the soccer show, uh, the first year. And then it kind of flamed out. But I don't do that. But anyway, I know that most Americans do it. And so the smart life play here is a lot cheaper. Enter Vidgo. V-I-D-G-O. You might have seen the commercials. They sponsored us. They are our partner in streaming. Now, we have signed a deal with them that I will provide them with product. And the first one is going to be early September. It's going to be about the National Football League because football starts uh, September 8th, I believe. Anyway, you're going to really be interested to see what we're doing because it's brand new. So we are now 
involved with the streaming thing because we believe it is the wave of the future. If you read that Breitbart article on me out yesterday, I hope you do, it's posted on BillOReilly.com, you'll see, all right, how my corporations are looking ahead because I know the dinosaur media is going down. So I just give you a heads up on that. And Vidgo is 50% cheaper than cable. Smart life. Okay. So this is, uh, as I told you, taking off. On BillOReilly.com, we have a smart life as, uh, place where you can see it. And you don't have to be a premium member. You just go there. And we got tips to save you money, tips about life, tips about everything. So Labor Day coming up, right? Labor Day is not like uh, Thanksgiving or anything like that. But 12 million people are expected to fly during the Labor Day holiday weekend. And I wish you all good luck. I am not flying. Uh, um, it's not happening. You're going to get hosed. Because there are still thunderstorms, and whenever there's a thunderstorm, that means the plane can't take off someplace, and it backs it all up, and you're not going to get what you want to get in a uh, reasonable amount of time. It's just the way it is. But it's also more expensive. So airfares are up 23% over uh, 2019. Hotels are up 6%. And rent-a-cars average $63 a day plus gas. So if you're traveling, bring a lot of money. Now, here is the smart life tip. Travel at night. So I, in the fall, I have to go to a few places, and I'm not flying uh, commercial. I might fly private to one because it's far away. Uh, but I have to go to Boston, for example. I'm driving. But I'm not driving during the day. That's insane. So I'll leave, I don't know, 8 o'clock. At night, and I'll roll in there about 1130, and, uh, unless the troopers in Connecticut stop me, and they, and they desperately want to. Um, but I'm not, I drive at night. Now, I know some people can't, but if you can, that will, that's the best travel tip I can give you. You will save hours of frustration. It's safer. It's safer. During the day, it's insane. And the construction here, ah, in the Northeast, I can't even, can't even describe it. It looks like something out of Zimbabwe. I've been to Zimbabwe. I know what it looks like. That's what it looks like here in the Northeast. Why can't they get these projects done? The federal government pumping hundreds of millions of dollars into the states to fix these things, and they can't get them fixed. What's that all about? Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine, enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here is the final thought of the day, courtesy of the Go-Go's. Roll it.
All right, the Go-Go's were not water skiing. I hope you saw that little cut in there. <laughs> anyway, we're going on vacation. Uh, I need it. All right, for many, many reasons. But my staff needs it. They need to get away from me. Okay? So we'll be back uh, the day after Labor Day, that Tuesday. In the meantime, we've got great stuff. We're going to be updating BillOReilly.com every day. So you're going to see, uh, you know, I'm not going to do a column, but we're going to rerun old columns, old messages, old, you know, recent. And, but we'll have a lot of stuff. And uh, we always do. It's fun to go on there, BillOReilly.com. But uh, I got to take a break. And we do a lot of stuff here. And as I said yesterday, in September, it's madness. Got a new weekly show uh, we're going to tell you about. It. You're going to like it. We got uh, Killing the Legends, going to be a huge controversial book out September 27th. We got the midterm elections, and we will give you honest reporting on them. Most others will not. Um, you will get it here. Uh, and very important election, one of the most important in my lifetime. So we need to rest up a little bit. I am not going anywhere because my backyard is the Atlantic Ocean, so I'll be in that ocean. Those sharks, you better not mess with me. You better not mess with me. Mm. Kung fu. Thank you for watching the No Spin News and listening on our radio stations across the world. We will see you Tuesday after Labor Day.